As we prepare for our scripture lesson this morning, we will be reading from uh, Genesis chapter 18, verses 9 to 15. We've been journeying through uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and today we come to the story of Sarah. So we'll be reading part of Sarah's story from Genesis 18. Now before we uh, turn to our scripture lesson, uh, just a quick note. As we've moved back to three services, it's uh, involved a, a lot of different things happening kind of behind the scenes in our office and some new, uh, new technology and new tools. And every once in a while, we have trouble with them. And this week, I got the wrong scripture passage to Stephanie. And I told her just a few minutes before the early service, and she has scrambled and gotten the scripture lesson ready nonetheless. So thank you, Stephanie, for uh, hustling today and getting that ready for us. So we'll be reading from uh, Genesis uh, chapter 18, verses 9 to 15. But first, let's take a moment to go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, as we come before you today, we give you thanks for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to focus on you. We ask as we gather and worship today that you would be with us, that you would help us to set aside all of our cares, all of our concerns, all of our tasks, all of our worries, to entrust them to you for these moments in particular. So we might turn our full attention to who you are and who you are calling us to be. Be with us now as we turn to your word. Open our eyes and our ears, our hearts and our minds, that we might come to know you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Genesis chapter 18, and we will begin at uh, verse 9 and we'll read through verse 15. Genesis 18, 9 to 15. Listen to the word of God. They said to him, where is your wife Sarah? And he said, there in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season. And Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, oh yes, you did laugh. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we reflect now on your word, we ask that you would open our eyes and our ears, our hearts and our minds, that we might know who you are and who you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sarah laughed. Now, uh, Sarah is the first woman named in Hebrews chapter 11. And on the one hand, it's about time. Now, we've been reading this passage together for about a month, and we just now come to the first woman named in the passage. It's taken quite a while. On the other hand, it's, it's kind of an appropriate honor to give to Sarah. I mean, I think Sarah is a good person to receive that honor. After all, uh, we learn so much about her and about Abraham. And we, we do know Abraham a little better, though. Uh, we know about God's promise to Abraham. 
We find it in chapter 17. Uh, God promises to Abraham that he will uh, become the, the, the father of nations and that through Abraham, many kings will be born. We know that part of the promise, but we usually stop there. If we were to continue reading, we would find that the promise continues. God promises that Abraham will be the father of nations and kings will be born through him. And then God promises that Sarah will be the mother of nations and kings will be born through her. Sarah is an equal and integral part of this promise to Abraham. Sarah is an important part of this covenant God makes with the people. So it's fitting for Sarah to be the first one named, the first woman named in Hebrews chapter 11. And God has this promise for Sarah that she will be the mother of nations and that kings will be born through her. But the passage we read today shows us what happens when Sarah hears that promise herself. The passage shows us this uh, fascinating visit from uh, several, several messengers who are coming to proclaim this good news to Abraham, and Sarah hears it on the other side of the tent. And when Sarah hears what God has in store, her reaction is, is pretty memorable. Sarah hears that she is going to bear a child. She hears that she's going to be a a mentor and a mother. Sarah hears that she will uh, be a guardian and a guide. She will uh, provide. She will protect. Sarah hears that God has this, this magnificent plan in store for her, and she laughs. It's kind of strange that Sarah laughs at this moment. In fact, you don't you don't see a whole lot of laughter in Scripture. I think back to the other characters we've met. Even in Hebrews 11, we, we started with Abel. Abel gives a gift. And then we, we learned uh, after Abel about Enoch, who walks with God. Then we learned about Noah, who builds a boat. But they don't laugh. Or if you think about your favorite characters from Scripture, the Bible stories that you know and you love. Uh, we, we learn about Moses, who leads the people. But he doesn't laugh. We learn about Deborah, who becomes a judge, but she doesn't she doesn't laugh. Or Daniel, who prays with the lions. Or Jonah, who found a fish. But they don't, they don't laugh. Esther became a queen. David became a king. But they don't laugh. Judas betrays. Peter denies. Saul saw the light. But they don't laugh. And this word laughter, it doesn't, it doesn't appear in the Bible very much. It's only a few dozen times. There's full, it's full of joy. There's lots of rejoicing in Scripture. There's, there's rejoicing, there's dancing, there's singing, but there's not a lot of laughing. There's worship, there's praying, there's preaching, but there's, there's not a lot of laughter. So when Sarah laughs, it, it stands out. It grabs our attention. We may find ourselves wondering what causes Sarah's laughter. And when we look at the passage, uh, we find there's, there's a bit of an explanation now, the passage tells us that Sarah was advanced in age. That's pretty good. And she's, not, she's not just old, she is advanced. I mean, this is a fabulously diplomatic phrase. Sarah laughs because she's so advanced, she doesn't expect to have any children. And uh, there's, there's something to that. But her advanced age on its own is not enough to cause Sarah to laugh. In fact, we... We find others in Scripture who are in the exact same situation, and they don't, they don't laugh. If you were to go to the Gospel of Luke and look at Luke chapter 1, you would encounter uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who are also advanced, as Sarah is. 
And they too are told that they will have a child, a, a baby boy. And when they are told that their advanced age to expect they, she will give birth to a boy, they do not respond in laughter. Zechariah uh, responds in doubt. He responds with questions. He responds with silence, but he doesn't laugh. She responds with relief and with joy, but she doesn't laugh. In the same chapter, we, we find the story repeated kind of on the other end. Uh, a young woman who's told that she too will give birth, even though her age might make it improbable. Her name is Mary, and her son, of course, is Jesus. And when she is told that she will have a child, despite her young age, Mary does not laugh. She responds with fear. She responds with joy. She responds with song. But she doesn't laugh. Uh, Being told that Sarah will have a child, even though her age seems to make it unlikely, that's not enough to cause laughter. There's something else that causes Sarah to laugh. We don't find it in Sarah's own story. We don't find it in the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. We don't find it in the story of Mary. So perhaps we should look at a different story in Scripture. We could look at a story where there is laughter and see what causes laughter elsewhere. We can stick in, uh, in Luke's gospel. We can look at Luke chapter 8 and we find a story with laughter. There's a, a, a man named Jairus whose daughter has become very sick. And Jairus uh, decides to, to go find Christ and ask for help. So Jairus goes to Jesus and asks Jesus to come and heal his daughter. And they're on their way back to his home when a crowd comes and interrupts to stop Jesus from going any farther. And they explain to Jesus that it's too late. She's already died. And Jesus responds by saying to them, it doesn't really matter. He tells them that he will go and heal her anyway. And he explains to Jairus that they're going to continue and go to Jairus' home and he will heal this young woman. And the crowd tries to stop Jesus and he explains it to them and they look into the face of God and the crowd begins to laugh. They laugh at Jesus on his way to heal this young woman because what Jesus is trying to do is absurd. And they know it's not possible. Uh, They know our human limitations. They know our human abilities. They know our human capacity. They know our human capability. They know that what Jesus is trying to do doesn't make any sense. They've already got a vision for what happens next in this story, and it does not include life for this young woman. They already have a vision for what comes next, and it does not include the call that Jesus issues. They already know what comes next. They already know what they can and cannot do. They know what they can and cannot give. They know how they can and cannot live. And as Jesus heads to the home of Jairus, they laugh at God. But Jesus is undeterred. He walks through the laughing crowd into the home of Jairus, takes the young woman by the hand and lifts her up. And she walks out into that very crowd that was laughing at her and at Christ. I find myself wondering what they thought at that moment. But that's a story for another day. We're not here to learn about Jairus or the crowd at his home. We're trying to learn about Sarah. And we see in this passage that what caused the people to laugh was the absurdity of God's call. What caused them to laugh was the smallness of their vision. Their vision for what would happen next in that story was too small to even imagine what God was about to do. And as we return to the story of Sarah, there may be a similar thought at work. 
as Sarah has already made up her mind about what comes next in her life. Sarah has no intention of being a mother or mentor. She has no intention of of, uh, protecting or providing or guarding or guiding. Sarah has no intention of becoming a mother of nations or kings coming from her. Sarah knows what's coming next. She knows what she can and cannot do. She knows what she can and cannot give. She knows how she can and cannot live. She knows how far she can follow. She has a vision of what comes next. And when God speaks to Abraham, when God speaks to Sarah and tells her that she will give birth to a son, she erupts in laughter because it's absurd. It doesn't fit her little vision of her own life because her vision is limited by what she cannot do. Her vision is limited by what she is able to do, not what God is able to do through her. She laughs. I find myself wondering as I read this passage, how often we do the same thing. I find myself wondering how often when God calls us, we are unable to see the vision God has for our own lives. As individuals, as families, as a congregation, I find myself wondering if our vision is too small. If we define what we will do based on what we can do, not what God can do through us. If we find ourselves limited by what we believe we can give and how we believe we can live and how far we think we can go. But back to Sarah. Sarah hears this promise that she will give birth to a son and she laughs. And what happens next is wonderful. After Sarah laughs, God doesn't let it go. These uh, three visitors, and we're not sure who they are. Some have wondered if perhaps they are messengers of God or maybe they are the very presence of God. But these messengers, when Sarah laughs, they don't let it slide. They don't do the polite thing and ignore Sarah snickering on the other side of the tent. Instead, they call it out. They say, why is she laughing? I don't see what's funny. And Sarah, uh, trying to be polite, denies her laughter. I'm sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't really laughing. I, I was Oh, yes, you were. And God calls Sarah. He says, if God is trying to highlight for Sarah how narrow her vision really is. God says, oh, yes, you did laugh. And we have this, this, uh, this repetition of the promise that when the time comes, Sarah will have a child. Even though Sarah laughed, we find the promise. And it, it comes to fruition. God is able to do in Sarah more than Sarah thought she could do herself. God knows Sarah's abilities better than Sarah knows her abilities. God knows Sarah's capabilities better than Sarah knows her capabilities. God knows Sarah's capacity better than Sarah knows her capacity. God knows that Sarah can give more than she thinks she has to give. God knows that Sarah can live a life she doesn't think she can live. God knows Sarah can follow further than she thinks she can walk. God knows that Sarah has more in store than she can ever imagine because she has defined her vision based on her own limitation, based on what she thinks she can do, not what God can do through her. God calls Sarah, God fulfills this promise, and we find in the days and weeks and months and years ahead, Sarah becomes a mentor and a mother. She begins to guard and guide and protect and provide. She becomes the mother of nations, and through her, kings are born. Because God's vision for Sarah is not limited by what Sarah can do, but by what God can do through her. And even though she laughs, 
God fulfills the promise. What a, what a wonderful example as we explore what it means to live our faith. That sometimes our vision is too small. Sometimes God is calling us to give more than we think we have to give, to live lives we don't know we can live, to do more than we think we can do, and to follow further than we think we can walk. God knows our capabilities better than we do. God knows our capacity better than we do. God knows our ability better than we do. And God's vision for us is not limited by what we can do, but by what God can do through us. Sarah laughs, but God fulfills the promise nonetheless. God gives Sarah a life she could hardly ever imagine. As we learn what it means to live our faith, there are times we may be tempted to laugh. But God's vision is so much bigger than ours. As we live our faith, see what God can do. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.